0: What's your relationship with technology? What devices do you find yourself using daily? And when you think about those devices, how do they influence your well-being? When it comes to technology, we've come quite a far way in a short time. We have access to world news, millions of people, our grocery lists, all available at our fingertips. And every day we're learning more about how technology interacts with our well being. When it comes to mental health, there are lots of consequences reduced focus, fulfillment, self esteem, increases in stress, anxiety, depression. But the reality is that tech is here to stay. And mental health aside, the benefits to our progress. Most of us aren't willing to surrender all of our devices just because of those consequences. So, what do we do? We need to adapt. Hi, I'm Dr. Shayna. I'm a mental health counselor, educator, and advocate, and I would like to wish you a warm welcome to the Mental Wellness Practice. In this episode, we're exploring how to use tech to support our mental well being. I'll be sharing several hacks you can try, including suggestions to improve presence, focus, restfulness, energy, mood, and relationships. Remember, this podcast is for informational purposes only, and if you're struggling with a mental health problem, please seek professional help. If you appreciate what you hear today, please rate and follow. And for more information, check out the show notes, visit drshayna.com, or follow me on Instagram at drshayna. Thanks for learning and growing with me. A few moments ago, you started to reflect on your relationship with technology. Let's lean into that a little bit more. Maybe it's the first time you're even thinking about it, and that's okay. Good on you for being willing to think about it right now. But perhaps you've recognized some unhealthy connections before, like poor boundaries. Maybe you find it challenging to put your phone down, or actually to not pick it up at any given moment. Maybe you realize that you use technology, whether it's your laptop, your tablet, your video game console, your television, to escape, to avoid your responsibilities and take a break from the stress of your day. As we explore these hacks today, know that some will be better suited for you and others may not apply. You're the expert in you. It all depends on your current status, how you currently interact with technology and your well being, your habits with technology. So, what I'm trying to say here is we're going to go through a lot of different tips and maybe some fit you and you can tell like this, I should try. I can, can sense it. This is something that applies to me and I'm going to give it a shot. And other things you may realize, I don't know if that's something I need to do just yet. Maybe my use isn't that problematic or that just doesn't apply to me and that's okay too. But keep in mind that tech is here to stay. There's new developments every day. And if you're not super tech savvy, like, um, me, it may seem like a hack is something you don't need right now, yet keep in mind, you never know when you might or someone you care about might need them too. So just be mindful as you're listening along. Of course, pick up what works for you, but it's the caution to not just toss aside what doesn't work for you, um, especially if you're able to Sense that that's coming out of ego or pride of, oh, I'm not that bad, right? If you notice any of that popping up, first of all, check that, <laughs> dash some humility in there, and just recognize that, okay, well, there could be a phase in which if I am not using some of these methods to better cultivate my digital well being, then I could get there. So just be conscientious as we proceed. Also, know that for a majority of these hacks, I'm talking mostly about phones, mainly because that's something that is so pervasive and literally it's at our fingertips. Now, I'm not ignoring all of these other methods of tech that come with their pros and their cons. And yeah, we could use some well-being hacks in those departments too. Gaming consoles, TVs, laptops, you name it. so, just keep in mind that I'm talking mostly about phones, but you'll see how some of these other aspects can include various other forms of tech too. In order to figure out what hacks will work for you in terms of improving your well being, you'll need to assess your present tech use. We started doing this a little bit with our reflections, and I mentioned a few examples like poor boundaries and coping. But there's so much more. And the truth is, as I'm speaking, if there is a problem, it's probably already coming up in your mind. Maybe it's comparison through doom scrolling, having too much accessibility to online shopping, pornography addiction, infidelity. If you're honest with yourself in this moment, you probably already have some hesitations about your tech use. And don't worry, you're in the right place. We're going to talk a little bit more about them. Now I know that some of you are probably having a hesitation around the word problem. Like, is this problematic? And that might be a big word for you and that's okay. I'm not trying to label or diagnose anything here. We're just trying to work on improvement. So with that being said, maybe shift the question to, is this something that could be improved? Could it be better? And does it reduce the quality of my life? Does it hamper my focus, my ability to get my responsibilities done, whether at work, at home, wherever? Does it impede on my ability to connect with other people? And at the core of it, is it hindering my ability to be happy? So that self-assessment is really important, and I encourage you to come back to it over time because in different seasons of our life with different stressors and context changing, our tech use probably fluctuates. And if we're not conscientious to it, we just start using it, using it, using it, overusing perhaps, creating unhealthy habits, potentially addictive type patterns, and before you know it there are a wealth of other mental health concerns that can come up from that so make sure you're often checking in and i want you to use those intentions as we progress through the rest of these hacks today now if you're not sure how to assess like say for example you think yeah i'm listening to this and i realize it is so easy for me to open social media i've caught myself popped open with some app without even realizing how I got there, it is impulsive for me to grab my phone and scroll and scroll and scroll. Then you have an example of what to use. Now, some of you may have an idea, but you're not really sure like, is this is this problematic? And you might want some objective data. So you can take a guess first, but most of our phones come with the access to be able to monitor our use. So that could look like just general use of the phone, but many phones in your settings tab offers you the ability to gauge how much use you are using on whichever particular app. And this can be eye opening when you see that. So that's something that you can check. Also, if you have If you are tracking this and you're wanting to monitor it over time, then you'll notice some habits. You'll notice, okay, yeah, wow. I just grabbed my phone and I'm not even sure how what caused me to. But I am now like my Instagram is saying you're all cut up. I don't know if any of you know, but like once you're done with your home screen, your Instagram will usually say that based on the current algorithm, it's almost impossible for that to happen for the average person these days. But anyway, coming back to this, the notes tab can be really helpful for you to monitor and pay attention to what is triggering your use. And if that word in and of itself prompts a question mark, please head back to the earlier episode that we talked about triggers. But you might find it beneficial to keep a running note on your phone about your technology use so i'm big on journaling self-reflection counseling of course but those are not always easily accessible it's you know sometimes we're trying to be hands-free and we don't want to just keep our notebooks and our pens and yeah most of us don't have our therapists in our pockets um well there's one of the benefits of tech i guess because some of us do with that being said, the notes tab is really helpful for us to monitor and track our use, especially if we have an intention. If we recognize that there's something that can be improved or is even problematic, write that out, write that on the top of your note. And then you can use the notes tab to visit over time, maybe day by day, maybe multiple times a day, or anytime you notice something that can be helpful to creating more mental wellness in your tech use jot that down take a look at your device background that might be the lock screen on your cell phone or perhaps the wallpaper on your computer what is it and what does it look like or what is accessible so One way that I found really helpful for clients is putting something that boosts your mental health as the background. Such a simple and common thing we do, we might not realize how much it affects our mental health. It might be a picture that you enjoy, but also with a lot of clients who are trying to work on reframing their thoughts, if there is an affirmation, a quote, a mantra, or whatever type of power statement that brings you joy, makes you feel fulfilled, purposeful, aligned, you name it. Maybe that's something that you can add as your lock screen as a reminder. I mentioned what you have accessible. So some people are able to have a clear wall, you know, clear background altogether and move all of their apps on their phone to a separate page. I do find that this is helpful if you are struggling with feeling overwhelmed and there just seems to be a lot of clutter, either mentally or in the world around you. So that gives a nice option. However, some of these things do need to be accessible. So it can be helpful to look through what is on your lock screen. Is it helpful for you to move things out of the most easily accessible space that doesn't need to be there? Like. If you're not working on social media does social media have to be the first most accessible aspect on your background if you are actually catching yourself using your social apps or any app for that reason more often than you want to then can you remove that from the front page altogether or can you just uninstall it for a little while in terms of folders it's also helpful i find to create folders now i've heard other people say that this makes the notification count go up and it's more confusing so again these hacks are what you make it if it works for you great if not just move along now speaking of notifications if you see common notifications and it causes you know think about that red alert right our brains are programmed to take that and start more of an anxious response a fear response So let's try to reduce those. That doesn't mean keep opening those apps to reduce the notifications. Take a moment to think about the quality of the notifications. Does it help to know when you have 52 emails? Or is it helpful to know that I'm likely going to have emails in my inbox at all times. So maybe I'm just going to turn off my email notifications altogether. Have you ever had that moment that you catch yourself holding your phone and you're kind of like, how did I get here? <laughs> you know, what, what am I doing? What, what, when did I even pick this up? What, what got me here? I've gotten gone from one app to the next. and like, wait, how much time have I spent? I actually was in the middle of this other task. Again, just what's going on? Where did I get here? That I've noticed happens for people more often than not, and I am guilty of it for sure. This has been one of the things that even personally has helped me realize I want to really work on improving my digital well-being because that just feels a little creepy to me, right? I want to live my life in a more intentional, aware frame and that just makes me feel kind of I'm like a little robot, right? But these automatic behaviors are common. You may have experienced that before when you're driving, when you're washing the dishes, like a lot of our usual tasks start to run autopilot in our minds. The thing is that can be dangerous, right? I mentioned with driving, of course, that's an obvious one, but With our devices too, that can be dangerous because we're still getting messaging and we're still experiencing things even when we're in that autopilot mode. So it's important for us to consider when we are actually picking up our device to use it, that we intend to use it. And we want to shift out of that automatic zone and break those habits. So I encourage you to think about what are the habits that you have formed around technology? I use this example of kind of picking up your phone without thinking about it, but do you also just kind of click on the TV as soon as you get home? Or do you need to live with Alexa? Um, You know, like what are the things that you realize that are habits? And you might recognize that some of those habits are ones that you're happy to have. Those are healthy adaptations and that's okay, that's good. It, you might realize, hmm, do, do I really need this? And again, it goes back to that room for growth. So think about that in a whole other way. Is if you don't need it, then can we start to divide the connection between I must do this, I impulsively, to I don't really need to do this and I don't want to do this? One of the biggest concerns with our devices is that it often interferes with our ability to get quality rest. You may find yourself having a really hard time even putting the device down or away before bed. You maybe have been in that situation that you know it's dark. I'm losing my hours of quality time to rest before I have to wake up. You're calculating how much time you need. Yet, like, here you are still holding your device or still glued to it. So, In order to hack that there, we just need to make sure that we are trying to create some space between our devices before bed. I suggest trying your best to wind down before sleep, and that wind down routine can include either a direct removal of devices. So some people have shared that keeping a device-free bedroom that means no TV, no laptop, no, com- no um, phone, you name it. I will tell you, that is not what I do. That's, that's a lot for me. And also, I'm partnered. So it's not just my decision either. Not fair to him <laughs> just because I might want to sleep. So with that being said, figure out what works for you, as always. But some people have found it to be helpful to be device free in the bedroom. I have found more of like a step down approach to be helpful. So I am a big fan of the do not disturb feature in general, but specifically the nighttime aspect. And, you know, I have an iPhone. I am sure that Android has come up with something as well and Google and everything. If you have the ability to set a nighttime reminder, it'll automatically silence your notifications. Of course, you can do that separately. You can also turn off the phone, shut the laptop off, turn the TV off. You can do that on your own too. I'm also a big fan of the bedtime reminder. It's easy for me to get really caught up in a not the nighttime routine, but everything that happens before, you know, trying to finish the last project or, you know, enjoying a show and wanting to say, yes, absolutely, on to the next automatic episode. So that reminder helps as just like a gentle nudge. A word for caution with that, if you have a situation, like if there's something going on, or if you have an inconsistent work schedule, so you have to work nights or some nights, and it's not possible... Just heed some caution that sometimes those reminders can become a little bit more irritating when you do want to rest, you do want to sleep, and you can't. So keep that in mind. Another big thing about devices is the, like, candy syndrome. <laughs> um, so there has been a substantial amount of research that shows that using our phones, specifically social media and email, can trigger a pleasure response in the brain. That's kind of like if we're having sugar or eating candy. So the Center for for Humane Technology suggests that if you shift your phone from grayscale, it might help you to reduce some of those positive reinforcements. It's another way to reduce that. I'm thinking just Maybe even be conscientious of I don't want to use social media before bed. I don't want to check my email three hours before bed. Setting those intentions can be helpful too. When it comes to sleep, also, there is a substantial amount of research that shows us that the blue light that just is rampant throughout our worlds, emanating at us from all of our devices, is unhelpful for our sleep rhythm. So, uh, this is probably the thing I use the most consistently are uh, blue light glasses. Um, as soon as the sun sets, my blue light glasses are on because I know it's not doable for me to reduce all of the light at that time. And it's also just a little bit too early, especially in the winter time, to for me to start shutting down for bed. So that's the first part of my nighttime routine. Um I don't think people use this as much and i think it's just such an easy thing it's a passive thing just pop on those glasses and that way you can still you know check the email or text and catch up with your loved ones before bed you can do all those things too so i suggest blue light um, glasses but also there's a way to reduce the blue light in your devices so check that in your settings tabs too so i have a confession to make the best advancement that I think personally, and you don't have to agree, but this is truly my thought when it comes to all the technological advances, the one that I appreciate the most personally, but also when I think about mental health is how easy it is to access music, how like we really have it at our fingertips, multiple platforms. You can listen to it on YouTube. You'll hear it if you're scrolling on social media, you have your own music platforms like Spotify, Apple, what have you. I just, I I just, I'm smiling and laughing right now. You can probably hear it because I just think about all of the things I had to do to just listen to a song I liked back in the day. <laughs> so, um, I am really grateful to be able to have my Spotify and you know, it's really sweet because sometimes, especially being a super reflective person going back and seeing the playlists I created years ago, you know, like that happens to me pretty often. It's like, Oh, I listened to that song at our wedding. Like, what song was that? I can't think of it. I go back to our wedding playlist and I think about like, Oh, this is the playlist for, when I had my graduation party and all that stuff. And maybe you've done that too. And that I think is one of the best hacks for not just self-care, but truly boosting our mental health. So if you have not already made one, I encourage you to make your self-care playlist. Now, think of an emotion that you want to cultivate, For lots of people, that's happiness. Maybe it's love, maybe it's excitement, maybe it's motivation. Use that and think about the songs that have made you feel that way. Maybe use the browse, explore, and see some new songs too that you can add to that. But having that handy there just a few clicks away, I think that that is super, super helpful. Also, besides music, I think just like access to audio. I mean, here we are together, right? Thanks for spending this time with me, by the way. What a, what a wonderful blessing. So I do think another way is, you know, keeping whatever platform it is you use to listen to music and podcasts, keeping it accessible, making that more accessible than your general social media. Um, you know, maybe if you are finding yourself struggling to focus on what you're doing, taking a break and immersing in a podcast can be really helpful. I know that that definitely works for me. And a lot of times when I'm not feeling too great, listening about, listening to a podcast about something new or something I'm curious about, there's a boost to that too. Now, separate from playlists and podcasts, There's also so much more sound resources that we have in these platforms. So if you are wanting to ease a little bit more, guided meditations, you can find them on whichever platform you're listening now for sure, but also on YouTube, they're so readily accessible. Some influencers on social media also share meditations. So being conscientious of who you're following and why, also something I am really a big fan of is, especially when we don't have our sound machine because we're on we're on the go traveling, um, white noise from our platforms. And also I love resetting with some sound bowls. So if you have not dabbled in any of those, but you're wanting to diversify how you use your listening platform for mental health, those are some clever hacks for you. So I was just talking about who you follow on social media, and I want to lean into that a little bit more. There are a lot of really helpful creators out there that it's hard to find. The algorithm, I don't think, works in these folks' favor many times, and I think that's unfortunate, and I hope things change. So knowing that the algorithm isn't going to do it for you, it might be some work you want to do yourself. It's a huge help to your mental well-being if you want to learn about mental health, but also if you want to learn about just about anything you're curious about and aligning with that. If you're curious about the stock market, if you're curious about animals, whatever it is, you can find information about that, whether it's a podcast on a social platform. So do your research proactively and don't just wait for something to pop up into your feed that helps you to curate a better feed of quality things that you're interested in and it's not just subliminal messaging and sponsored ads just left and right that you have to be at their whim for so i encourage you to take a moment and think about what it is you want to learn about um i'm going to use the specific example of mental wellness here of course but you can use some of those hashtags look up self-love, mental wellness, wellness journey, emotional intelligence. See if there's any pages that strike you. And then when you do see pages that strike you, go ahead and do a check first before you go ahead and follow. You know, what's the quality of the sources? What's this person's background? Are they informed and experienced to be able to speak on this topic? Those are all helpful checks. Now, it's not to say that someone who doesn't have the background education license and credentials cannot. However, I'm just trying to help you weed out some of the things that can be misleading, causing more information and causing you to get off on the wrong track over time. And again, although the algorithm may not be popping these folks into your feed. Once you do start to follow certain people, the algorithm will pick up on that. So if you're not trying to curate your feed, the algorithm will do that for you. And we do not want to be passive when it comes to our mental well being. So if you see someone you like, it's obvious to follow, right? But even turning on the note, not turning on the notifications, but making sure you um It's platform by platform, but it's also making sure that you see their notifications that way that they pop up to the top of your feed. And it's not just an ad or something random that pops to the top of your feed. Now, I do want to talk about the opposite end of the spectrum, and it can be a creator, but let's be honest, it could be your neighbor I don't know. I'm trying to pick names of people. I don't know. I was like, Sam can't use that. Stephanie can't use that. Joe can't use that. Anyway, insert <laughs> random neighbor name here. Insert your neighbor that you are in contact with on social media or I don't even want to say contact you are connected with, but don't really have any interest in seeing what they share. And maybe they're, you have, actually realize that they have a negative influence on your mental health, right? I know that I experienced this a lot for people that I've been connected with in chapters past is I do want to be connected, but we have such different beliefs, we have such different um, interests. And sometimes seeing some of these things just are really triggering for me. Um, But it doesn't mean that I want to necessarily unfriend or block someone. So Of course, if someone is dangerous to you psychologically and especially dangerous to you physically, go ahead, unfriend and block. Absolutely. However, I'm talking more about this interim space, and I do think the mute feature is one of my favorite hacks. It's something that says, I don't necessarily need to disconnect from you in entirety, but I am not okay with constantly letting you in my space. And that's the reality, my space, throwback. But there is that notion that now that we have all this tech at our fingertips, we're letting people into our space. So think about that. When you're scrolling by someone, is this someone, especially if it's someone you know, that you would or would not invite in for a cup of coffee, tea, water, wine, what have you. Is that someone that you would do that with? And why or why not? Because without thinking about this, we we may not realize that we are letting so many people into our space, into our energy, into our aura, into our minds affecting our well-being. So that's a helpful way to think about it. So coming back to that mute feature, really, really big on that. I know Facebook also has the option to remove from your feed for 30 days. I like this trial period. 30 days might be enough. You am going to say, okay, maybe this person stops posting about these things, posts less, maybe even gets off of social media altogether. And it, I don't need to go all the way to remove them from my friends list. So those in-between aspects can be really helpful too. Something I hear quite often from people who are well-grounded in solid intentions to try to delve into self-care and other activities to boost their mental well-being is that they Mm -hmm. don't have enough time. And many times when we're tracking this, the follow-up feedback is that I did want to do this and I had the wholehearted goal in mind, I'm going to get to this I'm gonna get to the gym at this time, or I'm going to go to grocery shop to then meal prep at this time. And it just does not happen. And I see people get really discouraged in the overall process. When it's just like, where's the time? Where does the time go? How do I make this all work? And I have a lot of empathy for that. Earlier, I mentioned as one of the hacks is seeing how you spend your time in general can be helpful. Many times that is a wake up call for, do you not have enough time or are you passively giving away a lot of your time to things that are not feeding your soul, right? Are you scrolling? Maybe even doom scrolling. Are you checking your inbox, hoping for that like candy effect, that intermittent interval? Maybe I'll see something exciting in here. Maybe I won't, right? Like, checking your messages. Maybe someone reached out to me without even thinking about it. You're just like impulsively going back to that habit that we talked about earlier. So with all of that being said, one of the ways to kind of see if you're freeing up time is to be more conscientious about how your time is being used. I know we talked about that a little bit, but also sometimes structured reminders to point you in the right direction can be helpful. And that is where technology comes in super handy. So I am a big fan of the post-it reminder. Um, something about it for me of just jotting something down on a small piece of paper that when it's done, I can cross off, crumble up and put in the recycling bin. That is, So helpful for me. I don't know what that is, (laughs) but it's that same thing of like check mark. I don't know, it's so good. However, it's not always that we have posts that's nearby, right? And we're on the go and, but we are more likely to have our device with us, specifically our phones. So something to think about is to be more intentional with your time is if you carve that time out proactively, so I like to, at the top of my week, take a glance at what the week ahead looks like. And even when I lo- I'm i looking at it right now, actually, to give you the real deal, I am looking at next week to use for an example, and I have a pretty loaded Monday, Tuesday, and I see a decent amount of time available on Thursday and school's off for my little one on Friday. So that day's gonna be big too. So based on that, I'm thinking, okay, there's more opportunity to take care of myself with something that takes longer time on Thursday. And I wanna claim that time for me. It has been really helpful for me and I know I've heard clients say that it's helped for them too. Put yourself on your calendar. There is no reason that we should just treat our calendar seriously when it's for other people, other meetings, other obligations, events, appointments. Make that appointment with yourself and put it on your calendar. Now I understand some of these other things that have to do with other people, especially doctor's appointments, meetings, family events, what have you that's harder to move around and wiggle around. Yes, you can cancel, but you know, it's harder to miss out on those things versus saying no to yourself and saying, I'll do it later. That is understandable. And you wanna be really careful about that habit because it still creates that, I am not as important as other people. And again, we're not trying to say that you are more important than anyone. We just want you to be reminded that you are as important as others too. So if you put yourself on the calendar and you set that intention, and in the middle of the week or even on that day, you realize there is something that is a really important priority that you can wiggle around and change your time, then don't just take yourself off the calendar. I think that can create a habit of putting yourself last or just removing yourself from the equation altogether, which is unhelpful for mental health. But this is why I really love using Google Calendar or whatever other calendar you let that lets you reschedule it. I drag it and I move it to the next available time. It's not coming off of my calendar. This is something that I said I needed to do and I still need it. I just may not be able to do it right now. And I give myself some space for that. There's usually a little bit movement a little bit of a moment of grief there too, depending on what it is. Um, But I have a moment and I move that along. So something to keep in mind, put yourself on your calendar, move it around if needed, but keep that in mind. Also, as you know, calendar, Invitations often come with the setting to send you reminders about it. So use the same way you would take something seriously if it were with someone else. Do the same thing with you. So put yourself on the calendar, send yourself reminders. And if you're not going to put yourself on the calendar, and that's a lot, I like to also use alarms to randomly set throughout the day to even just remind myself of some of the simple things. Think about a form of self-care that is a basic level need that you are trying to work on. Maybe it's standing and getting more movement. Maybe it's hydration. Maybe it's eating more consistently and healthier snacks. Whatever it is, use that to set a random reminder in the middle of your day sometime to do that. Just a quick little alarm, breathe, grab a glass, stand up. I like these a lot better. I know that a lot of our smart devices will do that for us. And I do appreciate that. It's helpful if we're needing those reminders. And I always think those are so, um, in terms of random, there's no intent there, right? So it's telling me to do something. Like mine were, the reason why I don't use my Apple Watch anymore. It was constantly telling me to stand in the middle of my counseling sessions, and that was making me super frustrated. So, yes, I want you to have some random reminders throughout the day, but they're random, not unintentional. So, that's another thing you can do to hack your mental well being. So, I already let you in on my confession of what I think is the best technological advancement music. However, I think a really close second when it comes to what helps us to boost our mental health is that we do have more access to quality mental health awareness and education than we have ever before. So first of all, we are We have come leaps and bounds from the more stigmatized view of mental illness, and we're even able to think about this concept of mental wellness and there are lots of mental wellness advocates out there that are doing really hard work to make mental health awareness, education and care accessible at different levels so. I love that where you are in the globe doesn't really matter that much in terms of how you can access this material. So it doesn't mean that you have to go off to university and study psychology to know about mental health anymore. And it's great if you still choose to do that. However, because mental wellness is a part of all of our overall health, all of each of all of our health, what is the grammar on that? I don't know. I'll leave it up to you to figure it out. But I think you get the gist of what I'm saying. Mental health is important for each and every one of us. So we should all be able to know information about how we can foster our mental well-being. And I think you can hack your tech use to give you exactly that. I already went over the aspects of social media, but mental health advocates, quality mental health educators, they're out there. They have free information on YouTube. There are lots of wonderful podcasts. So the same way you would check credentials on social media that I shared before, go ahead and do that. And it's not just the free information that's accessible. It's also education that's offered, resources. So for example, if you found me, then you probably know that beyond this free podcast with lots of mental health information, I have several resources like the self love workbook, designing healthy boundaries to help beyond if you want to continue to work in these areas. And lots of other advocates have that too. Also, lots of our social platforms have more of a community feature. So if you wanted to join a group and learn about other people's experiences, especially from other educators, that can be super helpful. You can also find um, webinars to attend. And on top of that, if you're looking for that in-person connection and community, many times there is a location finder for events in your area. I know for a fact, Facebook has this Instagram is getting a little bit better at offering this too it's a little harder to find, but Facebook has events and that can be really helpful. Also doesn't have to be a social platform. Maybe it's Google events, maybe it's Eventbrite. And there are lots of really wonderful community, again, events (laughs) or workshops, classes that are available that you can also use. So we the same way we would access technology to find out what to do in the area and what we can passively experience like television movies you can also be more engaged about your mental health directly by using youtube podcasts social media what have you to find quality mental health education So we've gone through a ton of tech hacks that you can use to better boost your mental wellness. And I hope you're feeling inspired. Maybe I even just jogged your memory of something else that I did not say that you have thought of that is important for you. And that's awesome if that's come up. There are a variety of things that I've already given as practical tips, but I wanna give you one comprehensive activity that might help you put this all together. So I mentioned to you taking this a week at a time can be helpful. So I encourage you to take a look at your mental wellness, take a current assessment of where you're at. And if you're struggling to do that, I encourage you to hop back to episode one that'll help you better gauge what your current strengths are and what you would like to presently work on. When you think about these two big questions at large, Then I want you to add that filter of technology use on top of it. How does your technology use help you to lean into your strengths? And how does technology use cause you to have more things to work on? And how does it serve as a challenge? From that, you might start to gain an intention once you extract from that information of, maybe I want to try fill in the blank so for example say you go through this and you realize you know i'm a really hard worker i am dedicated to my work yet i'm finding it really challenging to focus at work and pretty much everywhere else and i want to be able to come back to being a hard worker and getting things done and not feeling overwhelmed with everything i have to do and that's left half done then maybe you realize from that that focus could be a concern and you question how is focus affected by your technology use and you can use some of the hacks that i shared looking at your um, device use using specifically your social media use or app use at large and that might help you too let me use another example say you realize that You are often comparing yourself to people and you're feeling overwhelmed, you're not feeling good enough, you're not feeling worthy. Just kind of seems like you're always feeling like behind or not enough. And you wanna work on improving your self-worth and your self-love. Again, add that filter of technology. How could that be helping and how could that be harming? Maybe there are ways that it's helping. Uh, tech helps you to feel connected with a community, and maybe you have access to folks who help to build you up when you're struggling to do that. And on the other hand, maybe you realize that all of that doom scrolling causes you to compare yourself much easier to people's highlight reels, the best versions of their lives, or what's easily posted on social media, and you might be giving yourself an unfair and unfair comparison, unfair competition, a competition that's not even there, by comparing yourself to what they are displaying on their perfectly curated platform. So I use these two random examples to help you then see, like, well, what would I want to do from that? I mentioned earlier the week by week, and this is a really great opportunity for you to say, let me test out this intention and what I would like to do with devices. It's one week, you guys, seven days. You can do any of the things we mentioned today in seven days. No harm, no foul, right? Say you do it and it's really easy, then great. Then maybe you consider, is this something I maintain? Maybe this is helpful and I wanna do it. And maybe it's really hard and sure, that might mean you need to pace yourself more. It also might mean the concern at hand could be a little bit bigger than you realize of course that might be a good signal that you might need something more intense to separate and hack your tech use maybe it also means a full-on detox of sorts removing an app from your phone altogether trying some time some screen free time in your schedule maybe it means something more It feels odd to say extreme because it doesn't seem like a lot, but I'm saying extreme because I know it is a lot for the average person. So a little paradoxical there. And maybe it means that the changes you want to make with your technology may be a bit more challenging than you realize, and it may be something that you might need help for that is a great opportunity for you to then delve into some of those workshops leaning into a mental health advocate on your platforms like we mentioned but also it's a really great idea to then seek the help of a mental health professional Thank you so much for joining me. I hope that these hacks and the practical activity is helpful for you to boost your mental well being. And remember, this podcast is for informational purposes only. If you're struggling with a mental health problem, Please seek professional help. For more information, especially on how to better hack your tech use to boost your mental well being, please check out the show notes. You can also reach out to me at drshayna.com or follow me on Instagram at drshayna. And by the way, if you appreciated this episode, please be sure to follow along and rate. Thanks so much again for joining me, and I'll see you soon in the mental wellness practice.